Hi friends, I'm Kara Kay, and this is the Asking for a Friend podcast, a show for the woman who has questions about herself, the church, and the world. We are all asking hard questions that affect us as women in the culture that surrounds us, and we are looking for a safe place to ask them. But don't worry, I know you're only asking for a friend. All right, friends, welcome to the show this week as we are continuing conversations this month and diving into the black woman experience. This week, I have Patricia Taylor with me here to share her experiences. Now, she is doing some amazing work in the justice space as an advocate and a bridge builder. And so when I found her online, we connected on Instagram. I knew she was a perfect fit for the show because She's all about having these critical conversations about racial justice and, and does it with truth and grace and love, which is just the only way to do it, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, you. yeah. So I am <laughs> I so excited. <laughs> yeah. Now tell me, you do some work with Be the Bridge, correct? And then you yes. are also a part of the Upside Down podcast, which I love, love those ladies um, <laughs> doing such great work. So tell me a little bit more about some of the work you're doing. Yes, absolutely. So I, in April of 2019, which now seems like eons ago, oh my gosh, doesn't <laughs> um, I did a kind of pivot from more of a mommy blogger space mm -hmm. and I stepped into this, um, this role of, of racial justice. Mm -hmm. And it's something that had been burning within me for a long time, but that's, you know, it's been a journey to get to, the, to yeah. that point and I'm still on the journey, you know, yeah. which I think is important for everyone to recognize that it's, it's a lifelong thing, but right. it's a lot of fear and a lot of hesitation mm -hmm. and knowing that these are hard conversations Absolutely, and, you know, it hard conversations usually end up costing people things, you mm -hmm. know? And so I had to get to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And yeah. so I finally <laughs> did, but then I still kind of stalled a little bit and stutter stepped. And then, mm -hmm. uh, last year, right around this time, actually, I was like, no, seriously, like I, I need to be obedient and yeah. this is in me. And yeah. so I want to, you know, go for it fully. And so yeah. around that same time, a lot, I'm just very, very grateful because I've had wonderful opportunities um, to be a part of Upside Down Podcast for this mm -hmm. fifth season. I mean, those women are phenomenal. And they to are. be someone who, you know, listened to them mm -hmm. and just admired their work individually and collectively, and then now to be a part of it, um, it's been fantastic. And this season for us has been all about the necessities. And so yeah. that's been fun. And then in August, uh, I started working with Be The Bridge, which is another fantastic mm -hmm. organization. Um, it'll probably come up, <laughs> I wouldn't uh -huh. be surprised, and um, if, in the course of this conversation. Yeah, if you're listening and you don't know what Be The Bridge is, just press pause, go look, and yes. follow everything, and dive in because it is yes, such a great tool. Completely agree. And, uh, founded by uh, Latasha Morrison, a black woman who is just, she's phenomenal. She and is. we have the main Be The Bridge, you know, group on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then there are lots of, and then, you know, the work of Be The Bridge is done inside your own communities, mm -hmm. you know, as far as going through the curriculum and everything. But on Facebook, there are lots of different groups, um, catering to the different needs. And right. so I actually came on as the BIPOC uh, Black Indigenous People of Color educator. 
And yeah. so I facilitate the, the care group that is just for BIPOC individuals. Mm-hmm. And we had released a guide uh, for healing for the BIPOC that. community. And so we're also working um, just to, I mean, there's been a lot of, a lot of, a lot, yeah. <laughs> a lot of hurt and a lot I'm, of things that have I'm definitely sure. stirred up, stirred up, not new, but stirred up in yeah. 2020. And so yeah. we're just working towards making it a, a space where, um, where we can show up and just be ourselves, you know, yeah. and laugh and, and cry and lament with each other and, and, you know, just, just be with each other and support yeah. one another. So it's really a privilege truly yeah. to be able to be a part of that. I, I think that's so great that that space is provided. Um, I think that's hard to find. Has that been your experience mm-hmm. that it's difficult to find that space that you can just be you? Yes. You know, in 2000, again, 2019 in October, mm-hmm. I went to a conference hosted by the witness, which is another yeah. wonderful oh, yeah. organization. Um, and it felt like a homecoming, yeah. you know, it just felt like walking into a space where you can kind of just take a deep breath mm-hmm. and say, okay, like I, I, you know, I don't have to mm-hmm. explain myself. I don't have to code switch. Like I could yep. just be me and, and something really profound that I took away from. And I've always been in predominantly white spaces mm-hmm. my whole life. Um, so that, that's not anything new, but over the last few years, especially recognizing how important it is to have communities of affirmation, yes. uh, communities where you can just, just be, yeah. you know, without having to peel back all the layers. And so, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to be a part of those communities for me right now, well, not just because of COVID, but also yeah. just, you know, location and, and just how, you know, I guess my world is set up currently. Um, it's mostly online and mm-hmm. that's where I find like a lot of people will say about our group mm-hmm. is this is the only space where I feel like I can show up, you know, and bring myself, my whole self. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, my husband and I went to a live recording of pass the mic. Um, we have oh. listened for years. We love Jamar and Tyler and just the work that they're doing. And it was such an amazing experience for us. It it felt like one of those like fly on the wall experiences Mm -hmm. where it, it felt like a safe space that people of color could walk in and, and be themselves and say what they were, you know, what they were thinking, what they were lamenting, just have those conversations without worrying. And I love just the honor of experiencing that, of just being a part and getting to listen and learn from that was so huge for us. And I just loved it. And so it, it, it helped me see how important those spaces are for people mm-hmm. because so many times you're in, especially if you are in spaces that are predominantly white, you're kind of told how to feel and think right, and, and right. deal with things. And mm-hmm. so exactly. I love that that's part of the work you're doing. So as I'm having these conversations this month with uh, black women and just talking about their experiences, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that in your experience as an advocate, as a bridge builder and what that looks like for you having, you know, educating and providing these spaces. And I want you to feel comfortable and know that you can be raw and real here. Um, <laughs> Let me roll up my sleeves. Okay, that's right. Kidding. That's right. Sleeves on. <laughs> t-shirt on because it's hot in Georgia. <laughs> I'm curious. Do you feel like a lot of times as we were talking about these safe spaces, do you feel like you have to put on a face or put on a, you know, a facade of, okay, everything's good. Um, as you step into the space of bridge building and advocating. Ooh, yes, that is, that's, 
I did mm-hmm. not so much anymore. Okay. Um, I think that I've always, a friend of mine called it, uh, what does she say? Righteous vulnerability mm-hmm. is how she described <laughs> some things ah, that I've written good. before. And I'm like, Oh, I really like that. I'm going to use that term. Yeah. Um, so when I, when I say like, it's kind of a both and there definitely has been a part of me over the years that has felt like I know I need to show up in a certain way mm-hmm. in order to be heard yeah. in order to be received. And then what I'm unlearning is that that you know, I'm unlearning that because that is a tenet of white supremacy. Like right. that is me giving into this right. idea that I have to show up and be the quote unquote acceptable, safe token, mm-hmm. you know, not like the other, you know, black friend, right. you know, black right. woman in order to be heard. Like, I, yeah. and so I have really grown and I'm still growing in that. Mm-hmm. Like, this is me. Like I have a certain way of communicating. Mm-hmm. I have a particular tone. I have, you know, very you know, distinct way of expressing myself. And mm-hmm. some of it's really just raw and vulnerable. And I've written and shared some reflections like right after, you know, a major event has happened. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I I sit with it for a long time. Sometimes it's, you know, it's just like, hey, like this is just me. And right. to be able to be okay with that and not worry about how I'm perceived, but yeah. knowing like, hey, if this is, if God's okay with it, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> like if this is who I am, you know, because I think that people, people want to be comforted, you mm-hmm. know, and white people want to be comforted. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I'm not here to make anyone comfortable. I'm here mm-hmm. to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I had said, I've said for a while, but like to actually be in this place where, no, I mean that, you yeah. know, and, and knowing that there are people who still want to be comforted. And now because mm-hmm. they haven't been, that they are no longer with me. And this is in real life as well yeah. as online, but that yeah. that's where I am. You know, that's yeah. where I am because I'm doing a disservice to myself and to everyone who is part of my online or real life community. Mm-hmm. If I'm not uh, being true to who I am, because I think that, you know, there, there's somebody for everybody. Okay. If you yeah. don't like my voice, then go find somebody else, mm-hmm. but don't pit me against another black woman either, or a black woman yeah. against me, because Absolutely. I think there's always going to be someone who, who says, well, Patty, you're too harsh. You're too much. Your tone is too this. Mm-hmm. And then there are going to be people who are like, well, how come you, you don't really like, like you're too nice to white people. You do, you know, like you're too mm-hmm. soft. You're too, that you know, so you're, that's just what it is. So yeah. I'm going to be me. And, yeah. and so that is something I have and am actively working on. Like, uh-huh. who am I doing this for? What's my why? And how can I honor the work that I'm doing, mm-hmm. the person that I am and the people who are, who are in this space committed to be on this journey with me. And I can't do that if I'm not authentically being me. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Now let's say if you're speaking to a group of white people, um, talking about these topics of racial injustice or whatever it may be, what have you found that are things that really resonate? I feel like we have so much information right now at our fingertips, but it's not always information that changes people's minds. What does that look like? What do you think is really resonating with people as you communicate with them? A lot of times experience, Mm, uh, experience, which, which is a tension within itself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's important to note that I, I feel called to this. I feel like this is my purpose and it's something deep within me, but don't go around and expect all black people to like 
dive into this conversation, right. you know, yeah. if, if a black person or a person of color is simply existing, then that's more than enough, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but I think I, again, I willingly share, mm-hmm. I willingly share experiences. I think that it draws a line of connection yeah. because you can even, I mean, we've seen it. People want to mm-hmm. argue facts. People, yep. you know, like not opinions, right? you know, not fake news, but people want to argue yep. actual facts because it doesn't line up with their truth. Mm. And so, and even though people will still try it, it's at the end of the day, you can't take anything away from my experience. You can't say, mm. well, that's not what it was for you right? because you're not in my shoes. Um, but the tension there is also just knowing why does it take this much for you to listen? Yeah. You know, like why, why is it, why isn't me presenting these facts without having to lay out all my stuff? Why isn't that enough? Yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, I, I noticed that white people tend to listen to other white people about the topic of race more than the black experience. You are actually walking this road of being a black woman. Um, I think about like last year, white fragility became one of the best selling books written by a white woman. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great book. It's great information, but it, it's things like that where white people are more willing to listen to other white people than to the actual black experience. Yes. Yes. That again, I feel like that's <laughs> No, because there's like a very, very recent conversations happening around that, this, you know, yeah. not, that they, not that they ever go away. Right. Uh, but it, it's frustrating. Honestly, it's mm-hmm. frustrating because on the one hand, it's like, okay, as a white person, I want to be like, get your people <laughs> like this. Yeah. Is oh, for sure. Yeah. You know? So yes, like I, I go like have these hard conversations with mm-hmm. your friends and your family and your circle yeah. and your churches. Um, but it is very difficult when, when what a white individual is saying is, is, it didn't just come from them, you know, it it always came from a black experience or experience from a person of color, but it just doesn't hold weight. It's not valid to Mm -hmm. a white person because they're not hearing it from someone that looks like them. And that again Mm -hmm. is, is, you know, you don't see me as an equal, you know, you don't see me as, as being worthy of someone listening to, because you don't, you don't value my personhood. Yeah. And so that's definitely something that, um, that again, I hold tension with, but, Mm -hmm. uh, try to recognize that I do have people who do respect me and listen Mm -hmm. to my voice and try not to get hung up on the people who don't, but also wish that it wasn't that way, you know, (laughs) just wish that it just wasn't that way, you know, um, that, okay. And and you can listen to different people, but, but give credit where credit is, 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 is due. I think that's the key point right there. Um, because I hear, I hear both sides as someone who, my desire, my goal is to advocate and be that person that helps, you know, just by sharing stories like yours and other women, but, and then I will hear, I'll hear from somebody that's like, you need to stop talking about this. It's not your place. White women shouldn't educate on race and those sort of things. But I think there is that tension and that differentiation of, um, I'm not sharing my experience, but I can allow a platform or promote a voice of a black woman. 
what does that look like for you? Do you feel, and I know that the black experience is not monolithic. Like you are not the spokesperson for every yeah. black person. <laughs> yes. Thank you for saying <laughs> across that <too. laughs> the board, but I, I think it's important for us to hear different voices and experiences. What does that look like for you as you advocate and as you create those bridges between people? Um, what, do, what have you found to be helpful? Mm-hmm. I think that as for white people wanting to advocate, I can't know your why. I can't right. know your reason. And I think there has to constantly be a, a self-check. Mm-hmm. You know, am I doing this because I'm virtue signaling? Am I doing this yeah. because I don't want to be seen as a bad white right. person or I don't want to be seen as racist? Gasp, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of people <laughs> are just more upset about the, mm-hmm. the that, you know, potential label than actually dismantling you know, Mm -hmm. the systems that are in place, um, that have led to racism. Right. Um, I think that if, you know, making, making money off of, Mm -hmm. off of this, not amplifying, you know, black voices, Mm -hmm. um, going out and striking out as if you are the expert, those things are problematic to me, you know, because even I don't think that I'm an expert and I don't think anyone in this, in this, doing this work thinks Mm -hmm. that we're experts because it's, it's just not that type of thing, you know, (laughs) like like it's it's a journey and, and I'm constantly learning and unlearning and growing and checking myself too. So I think Mm -hmm. that that has to be there. Um, I think that when it comes to building that bridge and saying, okay, I, I think we all have our different role, just like you said. Yeah. And I think that it's important to celebrate that and not knock each other for where we are. Mm. There are some uh, black advocates or, and activists who focus solely on the black experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so needed. Yeah. I think, and then there are some who feel like we should step in and, and be advocates and bridge builders yeah. um, connecting to other communities. And that's needed also. Uh, so it's not an either, or it's a both. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I think that for me as a bridge builder, I think of a Kimini Uwan, mm-hmm. who's just a brilliant public theologian. Yeah. Um, and she, after going through a really just wrong situation, I'll leave it at that, but yes. you all can Google this. I, I know what you're uh, talking but, about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But she wrote a piece called The Blood of Jesus is the Bridge, Not My Back. Mm. And yeah, that I remember stuck that. with me because being a bridge builder does not mean that as a Black woman, I'm here to save you. Yeah, It doesn't mean that I'm here to be a martyr. It doesn't mean that I'm mm-hmm. here to um, allow myself to be trampled on, mm-hmm. you know, because like, this is the good fight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. mean that, that, again, like I said earlier, that I'm going to make you comfortable Mm-hmm. And then you can decide, okay, I'll be an ally now because you right. made me comfortable, you know? Um, I feel I, so good about myself. Right, I feel so good. So now I'll join you. I'm like, yeah. no, um, I think that we assume, I think everyone, if you say bridge builder, you probably have an idea of what you think that means. Mm-hmm. And uh, to quote Latasha Morrison, I, I knew she would come up. <laughs> she said this in a, in a different podcast episode I listened to probably just a few weeks ago, but she had said, um, and she said similar things before. When we start talking about the true essence of moving toward racial reconciliation, that requires a different type of bridge building. That's not stand on the bridge with me and kumbaya. That is come on the bridge, but as a white person, don't take up much space. You mm-hmm. can't take charge of the conversation. And that was um, an interview that she did with Andre Henry and his podcast, Open Hard Pills. And she went on to talk about 
there are different types of bridges. There's not yeah. one type of bridge and bridges are built in different ways. And I'm from California. So when she said this, I was like, ding, ding, ding. Um, but she talked <laughs> about the building of the Golden Gate Bridge mm-hmm. and how 11 people died, you know, building that bridge. So people think of bridge building, it's like, oh, come and link arms, kumbaya. Yeah. And like, we're bridge builders. No, like it's a struggle. It's a fight. Yeah. And it's not always, you know, uh, equal work. Yeah. You know, there needs to be sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, there needs to be laying down privilege. There needs to be like, I'm willing to come across and do more because I've caused more harm and yeah. I'm benefiting more from the system, mm-hmm. you know, and not have this expectation that I can build a bridge without justice, without truth telling, yeah. without repair, without reparations. You know, um, it's, it's very, it's so challenging because uh, I just, I don't, appreciate the watered down version of unity that Mm -hmm. I see so many Christians spinning for the sake of not wanting to address something that is hard and that causes them to have to look internally. You know, I want us to be, we, we are a body of Christ Mm. and and we should be able to step into these hard things with each other. Mm -hmm. Whenever it comes to racism and race, it's like, screech you know Mm -hmm. like now you've gone too far we should just all get along you know like oh don't be so divisive you know all these different things and I'm like no if you want to be a bridge builder with me this is what it means (laughs) yeah yeah wow that is that's good stuff as you're doing this work how do you continue without getting burned out uh I have had to become much better at having boundaries Mm, and uh again work in progress there but Uh actually just this past weekend (laughs) um my husband and I just had some time uh we unplugged and I I'm just recognizing that it's not sustainable to to Mm -hmm. be in this work and to keep going 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 um which is difficult because there's always it's it's important work that I believe in so much and Um, and it matters tremendously, but mm-hmm. I think that's what, you know, people have lots to say about social media, but I think that's one of the, the beautiful things is knowing that you're not alone in this yeah. work. Yeah. Uh, first of all, we're not God right. <laughs> note to self. <laughs> Second of all, we're not alone in this work. And, um, and we, we can't serve, we can't do this well, just like, you know, serving our families and being part of our families. If we're, you know, we can't drink from a pour from an empty cup. Yeah. And so, for the first time I've been in the online space for going on nine years, Mm -hmm. but in this past year doing this work specifically is the first time that I've actually made like dedicated time where I just take the apps off my phone, Mm. you know, or I just unplug or I take the pressure off myself, you know, just a a mentality shift of like, I I don't have to respond to everything. Mm -hmm. Lots of things break my heart. Lots of things. I want to say, and lots of things I want to respond to, but I don't have to, you know, speak to every single situation, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's okay. And so part of that is just laying down my pride, honestly, and, yeah. and knowing that it's not just about me, you know, I'm one of many, mm-hmm. but also having more faith that, you know, it, this matters so much to me. And I just, I just want people to get it. Yeah. You know, I just want people yeah. to get it, but I have to be healthy you know, yeah, um, so that I know that what I'm doing is coming from, um, I think Dr. Brenda Salter McNeil talked about this recently, like everything that I do or that I want to do, I want it to come from the Holy spirit and my mm-hmm. communion with God, 
you know, and I, and I have to have that relationship first because this is hard. Yeah. I mean, this is difficult. These are conversations that will take it out of you, mm-hmm. you know, every, every day. These are losing relationships. This is, you know, unfriending people, blocking people, you know, mm-hmm. having trolls and, you know, just nastiness. And this is right. also encouragement and uplifting and, yeah. you know, and, and just someone saying, thank you. I learned something and I never thought of that. And you're making yeah. a difference. And it's also all the things in between that you'll never know. You know, because you just can never know like what difference you are making because uh, you don't always hear it. So yeah. Yeah. self-care has to be a priority and, um, and there's no guilt or shame around that because I'm human. Yeah, that's so true. How can white women support black women and women of color who are working in this advocate space, who are doing the hard work of educating and pouring into this? How can you feel supported? Ooh, um, a lot of what I've said already, I think applies for sure to mm-hmm. any white advocate. Yeah. For white women, I think check your fragility. Yeah. Um, it's really difficult to to know that there's this perception of black women that are strong, not mm-hmm. meant as a compliment. Right. Angry, yeah. you know, the trope of the angry black woman. And then there's the meek and fragile and soft and gentle white Mm -hmm. woman who actually ends up being a stumbling block to the work that black women are doing when white women try to come in and buffer our words or, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or try to, um, you know, white splain, you know, something that (laughs) someone, you know, um, so it's like, be, if you're going to be with us, then be with us Mm -hmm. and don't, don't make it about, I'm with you. If you do it my way, Mm -hmm. again, I'm with you. If you, if, if I'm, if you're making me comfortable, you know, um, be able to fall back, you Mm -hmm. know, be able to say like, I, I don't know, but here are these black women that I think you should learn from, or maybe I do know, but I'm not the one Yeah, like, you know, I do know, but here, like here. And so, and I think also white women talk to your people, Mm. you know, I, I hear so often these conversations are hard. Yeah. And I'm nervous and I'm scared. And I get that. Like yeah. I, a black woman, if I'm being totally honest, the first time I ever wrote anything about this was like four, five years ago. And it took me four years, you know, to like mm-hmm. get to a point where I'm like, I'm doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so I get it. Like, I'm not trying to like take away from that very real fear, that discomfort, yeah. but this is my dad you know, like this, yeah. is, this, these are my, my cousin, this is my family. And this is hard. I understand that. But what I always say is, you know, the discomfort of having these conversations, the possible rejection, what will be revealed about the people that you, that you've known your whole lives or that you love or care for, that's painful. Yeah. And yet it's still not the same as seeing black bodies dead on the street. Yeah. It's not the same as knowing that it takes a video of a black, a young black man being murdered for people to finally be like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not that I'm trying to take away at all from the real difficulties of this conversation, but it's not yeah. apples to apples, yeah. you know? And so I think that I would just say, understand we're all works in progress. Um, understand that it is going to be hard. Mm-hmm count the costs and, and whatever you choose to do moving forward, 
be committed to that and be committed to stepping aside to making mistakes. It's so hard for people to make mistakes, self-included, mm-hmm. but perfectionism is also a tenant of white supremacy, which can be yeah. another conversation. Yes. You know, you're going to mess up. You're going yeah. to make mistakes. So yeah. don't let that or the fear of what if I get, get it wrong. That's yeah. another one yeah. that still, you could get it wrong and then someone can correct you mm-hmm. and then you can keep going. That's right. That's still, you know, like that, that's still not the end of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we could talk all day. This is so good, <laughs> but we're running out of time. So will you just tell me where everybody can find you, find your work so they can get to know you better? Yes. Thank you. This has been such a great conversation. I was looking forward to it. I am. Me too. Um, I am on Instagram at Patricia underscore a underscore Taylor. Okay. And also on Facebook, um, at some thoughts from your black friend, that's the name of my website, but it's too long for a handle um, <laughs> on Facebook. It's some thoughts from your black friend by Patricia A. Taylor. Um, I'm on Twitter a little bit, but <laughs> you can maybe yeah, find me there. And then, uh, at upside down podcast is where uh, I've joined three other phenomenal women, Elisa Molina and Kayla Craig and Lindsay Wallace, uh, for the podcast that we do. And then I also have, you know, be the bridge. Um, you know, you can find that on all the social media channels as well. Okay, great. Well, I will link to all that in the show notes. Everybody can find you, but thank you. Thank you for sharing your heart and being so open. Um, this has been amazing. It's such a impactful, vulnerable conversation. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm Kara K. James, and you've just listened to the Asking for a Friend podcast. I hope you are inspired and encouraged by these conversations to step out of the status quo and engage in conversations that matter. You can find the show notes for this episode and subscribe at karakjames.com slash podcast. I also love connecting with you on Instagram and Facebook. I am at karak.james. You can also subscribe to my newsletter at karakjames.com slash newsletter. This podcast is meant to provide you with a safe space to work through the questions you have about yourself, the church, and the world around you. Please never hesitate to reach out to me if you need a safe place to land. Thanks for listening and keep asking questions for a friend.